In the spirit of reconciliation, advocacy for inclusion acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to Advocacy for Inclusion's Staying Connected podcast. Hi, and welcome to this podcast episode. It's been a while since the last podcast, and now we're approaching the end of 2021. I hope it's been a good year for you. You certainly wouldn't be alone if it's proven a challenging year. We're living in interesting times. And I suspect we'll be unpacking the lessons of the COVID era for many years to come. I'm not going to be interviewing anyone in this episode. I want to share some thoughts about self-advocacy. It's a subject I've spent a lot of time thinking about and working on right through this year. The first thing I want to say about self-advocacy is I can think of long periods in my own life when I didn't feel well-equipped to advocate for myself. It seems like a strange thing for a person working in an advocacy organisation to admit, but there's the truth of it. We talk about having a sense of agency, having that deep, effective knowledge of our personal power to make choices, speak up and take action to do what is true for ourselves. That sense of agency is the engine that moves self-advocacy along the road. I know what it's like to not have that sense of agency, to feel powerless in the face of seemingly unbudgeable circumstances, to feel voiceless in a room of stronger and seemingly more convincing voices. The first thing I want to say to you, no matter where you feel you're at in relation to your own sense of agency, your own feeling of connectedness or disconnectedness to that power to claim and shape your life and influence the world around you, is that you can build on your sense of agency. You have it in you to make a difference in your life gently one step at a time, one action at a time. We're all on that journey. You're not alone in that journey. Okay, so let's dig in and look at some simple points. I think only about four simple points about self-advocacy. And hopefully they're simple enough that they'll stick in your head and maybe they'll cause some reflection for you in your own life. The first point is really simple. Not okay is never okay. When we find ourselves in situations that are upsetting, where we feel pressured or stressed, or there's a general sense of creeping unhappiness in our life, where we feel we're under attack or unsure about who we can trust, 
Quite often we can be tempted to ignore those feelings, to push them aside. We can go for a long time putting those feelings in a box with the lid firmly stuck down and then we just try to get on with our life or our job or whatever's going on in our life, acting as though the upset isn't there. Sometimes we do that because we have a mistaken idea that that's what it means to be grown up and mature. We ignore the wisdom of our emotions, the wisdom that shows itself through the feelings in our body. Giving ourselves the time to feel what we really feel, to acknowledge it, maybe to put words to it, and to share what we're going through with someone we trust. That's an important first step in the self-advocacy journey. Naming what's going on. What you feel matters. Your well-being matters. If you feel a lack of ease, it's probably pointing at something that needs to be addressed in your life. If you're feeling out of sorts, it's probably telling you that there's something that's not okay here. And it can't be ignored forever. If you're not feeling okay, then that is not okay. The answer's never found through ignoring the feeling. Quite often, our body and all the emotional life that goes on inside us wants to tell us a story. Our body remembers what we've been through in the past. If we've experienced coercion or control in the past, then our body will signal the alarm when it crosses our paths in the present. If we felt unsafe in the past, then our body will start firing off survival instincts if there's something happening in the present that feels unsafe. Our body rings warning bells when we're in situations that are like the difficult situations of the past or when we're in the presence of people who behave in ways similar to people in the past whose behaviour has caused us trouble and grief. Our body wants to give us a message. Often it's to do with our safety and our well-being. It's good to listen. The second point's pretty simple again. You have rights. There are many things I can say about human rights. It's kind of the bread and butter of working in an advocacy organisation. I could talk about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. I could talk about the Convention of Rights for People with Disability. But I'm just going to keep it really simple for this podcast. When we talk about you and me having human rights, what does that really mean in the, in the, the, the basics of our day-to-day life? It means you have the right to be safe, to feel safe. And safety is such a precious word, isn't it? If you think about how life is when you feel safe, you flourish. You can take chances. 
You can give some more. You can breathe freely. You can be fully alive. Safety and full life are utterly connected together. And again, going back to the ways of your body and the messages of your body. When you feel like you can't breathe in a situation. When you feel like you need to draw in on yourself because things aren't okay. All of that is telling a story about not feeling safe. You have the right to be safe, to feel safe, and to have that full life that is made possible through safety. You have the right to be heard. The things in your heart, what's okay and not okay about you, your sense of identity, your sexuality, how you identify, your, your gender, all those things about who you are that you want to show to the world, you want to convey to the world, you want to share, you have the right to be heard, to be present, to be acknowledged. You have the right to be respected for who you are and all you have to offer to the world. You have the right to be free from coercion, control, and those manipulative behaviours that can eat away at all that is good in you. You have the right most simply to be you, your authentic self, who you are in your heart and mind, not a version of you that other people want or demand that you should be, not a version of you that speaks from a script that someone else is going to put in front of you. You have the right to be truly yourself. But alongside all those core rights, there is, of course, responsibility because we live in a community. You have a responsibility and I have a responsibility to respect other people in all their diversity in all those aspects that make up who they are. Respect. To genuinely respect them. You have a responsibility not to undermine or put down or pressure or control others. A better world, a truly inclusive world, relies on mutual respect. The third point is this. Your voice and your way of communicating what you need to communicate is valuable and important and should always be respected. It can be tempting to not speak up when other people, let's say in a meeting, are speaking in a way that's strong or clever or smooth. What you have to say matters and how you say it has value because it comes from who you are it comes out of your experience and you matter. Sometimes the most powerful communication is a bit shaky, is a bit lost for words, a bit all over the place. 
Sometimes the greatest power is not the well-honed argument, but the stumbling words that show the heart of what's really going on here. Because we all have a radar that picks that up. We all recognise when somebody is being real, genuine from the heart. The fourth point is this. Sometimes we have to battle for a better life on our own. I know that. I have had times in my life where I've been socially isolated. And I know that solitary battle. And because I know that, I also know that it's really helpful where it's possible to find help and support from other people. When I've been working with my great colleagues on self-advocacy material, one of the central issues that we've spent a lot of time thinking about is the question of trust. Because when we look for others for support or for guidance or to just be a listening ear, trust is, is of central importance. So it's helpful to think about how you work out who you can trust. What makes a person genuinely trustworthy to you? Who's trustworthy enough to be there for you when you're trying to change a situation for the better? When we worked together on this, respect was very high on the list. Does the person show you respect by valuing who you are, your life, your independence, your cares and concerns? Does the person respect you or do they put you down? What kind of language do they use about you? What kind of stories do they tell about you? Do they put you down or do they encourage? Do they first of all look for the strength and the qualities and the values of who you are? Or do they first of all look for the flaws and the faults. These questions matter. How do we work out who we can genuinely trust? Past history is also on the list. Is the person someone you've trusted in the past? And how did that work out? General behaviour also matters. Is the person a gossip? Do they speak about other people behind their backs with respect or do they undermine, belittle or denigrate? If the person speaks like that, in that negative way about other people behind their backs, then how can you be sure they don't also speak that way about you? Of course, if you need support, but you can't work out someone among family or friends who you can trust or you simply don't have anybody in your life, then it can be helpful maybe to turn to professionals for help and support. So we might be talking about counsellors or psychologists, or if you're battling with a particular issue, uh, there might be specific organisations you can turn to. So, for example, if you're someone with a disability who has a problem that needs to be sorted out, then an advocacy organisation like our own organisation, Advocacy for Inclusion, can be a helpful place to contact. The bottom line is self-advocacy is important. 
We all have the right to feel okay in our lives, to feel safe and free from bullying, coercion and controlling behaviours, to be fully respected, to feel safe enough to grow to our full potential, to give our fullest to the world, to enjoy the opportunities that life presents to us. Our place, our voice, our manner and our contributions, all of that, all that we are matters. And our responsibility in having a care for the rights and the well-being of others also matters. Anyway, this just a few little thoughts about self-advocacy for anyone who might benefit from reflecting on them and seeing how it may or may not fit into your own life and circumstances right now. I wish you all the best for the end of the year and the year to come. I hope the challenges we've negotiated in these past couple of years has given us wisdom and confidence to tackle the challenges that are to come. I wish you all the best.